Right, Daf Mem Aleph. Let us see what we might have missed on this Daf if we've already learned it. And what we're going to learn today um, is uh, a principle of communication. <coughs> How to communicate. Who would have thought that we'll learn that out of the halachas of eating a korban Pesach? Uh, what would the one have to do with the other? So the posuk that we that we're working with in Shmos Yud Beis is Al Tochlu Mimenuna, don't eat from the korban Pesach if it's not fully roasted. Can't be rare. It's got to be well done. Nor if it's cooked in water. You can only eat it as a as a fire a roast on the fire uh, with its with the way it's folded up, it describes, and that's it's got to be a proper roast, uh, like a barbecue. So that's, that's the posuk. What we have here is what the Gomorrah calls a lav shebiklalut. A lav shebiklalut, the Rambam defines in the ninth shorish of the Sefer HaMitzvah, so the first part of the Sefer HaMitzvah, the Rambam provides us with the framework that he uses by which to decide what mitzvahs are counted among the 613 and which are not. Because if you just count everything in the Torah, it's much more than 613. But we know by, by Masorah that there are only 613 principal mitzvot. So the Rambam and the Ramban and the Sefer HaMitzvahs and the, uh, and the Smag and the Bahag and all of these for him have different ways of calculating which of the mitzvahs constitute the 613. So in the first part of the Sefer HaMitzvah, the Rambam describes his methodology, methodology and he uses shoroshim, under, underlying principles, root causes, root principles. In the Shorosh HaChi, in the ninth root, he talks about the Lav Shebiklalut, among other things. A Lav Shebiklalut, he defines in two different ways. There are two types, types of a Lav Shebiklalut. Lav Shebiklalut means a general love. Love is a, a negative commandment, something you're not allowed to do. And it comes in two forms of love, Shebiklalut. The one is, uh, the example the Rambam gives, is Lotachlu al Adam. You mustn't eat in the presence of the blood. And there are lots of different halachot that the Gomorrah extrapolates from that. Included in those are that you can't eat from an animal even after Shechita if it hasn't yet completely died. The life has to be completely out of the animal before we learn it from that posuk. That you can't eat from a korban if the blood has not been thrown on the mizbech, if there hasn't been zrika sadam. We learn it from that posuk. That a bezdin has to fast on the day that they issue, issue an execution, that they issue a capital punishment. We learn from that posuk. That you're not allowed to eat before davening. We learn from that posuk. So there are lots and lots of things that are unrelated to one another that are all extrapolated from that one posuk. That, that posuk then is a love shebiklalut. It's a general all-catch kind of, kind of issue that, that covers a whole lot of unrelated things. Then there's another one, says the Rambam, where the things it covers are related. They, they overlap. There's some kind of relationship <coughs> between the things it covers, and he brings this as one of the examples. The love shebiklalut is ki imtsli esh. You can only eat it roasted. <coughs> which means you're not allowed to eat it in any other form. But the Torah also gives us two specifics. For example, you can't have it under-roasted, and you can't have it cooked in water. 
So those are, are specifics, but they're interlinked. They're both about the Korban Pesach. They're both about ways you can't eat the Korban Pesach. They're included in uh, in Ki'im Tzliyesh. So on this, our Gemara brings a Machloikis Rova and Abaya. Oma Rova Achlu Na If you did eat it under-roasted, you're punished for two things. Or if you did eat it um, uh, cooked in water, you're punished for two things. What are the two? You ate it cook, cooked, or you ate it under-roasted, under, under and you didn't eat it roasted. So those are two different things that you get punished for, says Rava. Abaya says, Abaya holds, ein lokin alav shebeklalut. Abaya's overriding principle, it's interesting, it's important to know that in the, in the gears of the Rambam, this is switched around. Rava and Abaya switched around, so one can get confused. But Abaya here says, you don't get punished for a love shebeklalut. And therefore, there are two versions as to what Abaya means. The one is, therefore, you don't get two sets of malkot. You don't not punish twice. If you ate it cooked instead of roasted, you get punished once for eating it cooked. Because you don't get punished for the love shebeklalut, for the general principle. That you don't get punishment for. Um, and the other view is the uh, ikadamri. The other view is lo lucky that you don't get lo lucky lave. You don't get malchus at all because the Torah wasn't specific in the love in the prohibition, um, and therefore you don't get anything lave de That the Torah is not as specific about the prohibition as the prohibition of muzzling an ox. Why is that one important? Explains Rashi. Because the Torah is totally clear with that. You're not allowed to muzzle your ox when it's threshing. It's clear. There's no, you don't have to work anything out. And that's right by where the Torah discusses punishment for doing something wrong. So we learn from there that, says Abaya, only when the Torah gives us a very clear thou shalt not do such and such, that's punishable. But if you've got to work it out from a love shebi klalut or a miklala say tashumea love, all sorts of ways of figuring out that you're not allowed to do something, for that there's no punishment. And here's the principle in communication. We have to understand that there's a difference between knowing something and comprehending something. There's a difference between knowledge and comprehension. Knowledge can come from reasoning. You can work something out. Comprehension is you see it and it immediately tells you what it is. You don't have to comprehend. Just do it, says Nike. You don't have to figure out what do they mean and what is it. You know, just do it, Nike. It's easy. Finger licking good. You know that's McDonald's. You don't have to think about it. You know it. That, that's, that's clear communication. The uh, Think different. Apple. These are the, so, so in marketing, the companies know and the marketers know you've got to be able to say something very concisely and very clearly, so that somebody doesn't have to think for a moment. They just see the phrase, their eye can grasp it, and they know what it means. And that's an important principle of communication. You can communicate in such a way that the other person has to work out what you mean. And that's mostly how we communicate. And mostly they work it out wrong. And that's how we get misunderstandings. You assume they figure out what you mean, but you've got a whole context in your mind which they haven't got. You mean you use words in a certain way, you're thinking of it in certain light. 
Uh, and so you say something that isn't crystal clear. And you assume they can work it out. It's kind of fairly obvious. Sometimes we do it because we don't want to hurt somebody. So we don't want to be too direct. You've got an employee and the employee keeps coming late. So you don't say, you're late. And if this continues, you're not going to have a job anymore. We say, oh, interesting. <laughs> you look at your watch and you kind of imply and you don't say anything. The next day is late again. And you say, why isn't he getting the message? He's not getting the message because you haven't given him the message. He has, to, he has to figure it out. There are many lavim. There are many things we're not allowed to do in the Torah. And if we do them, they're isurim. They're lavim. This is not a shogeg. The, the Gemara is not telling us that, that a love should be klalut. You didn't, you didn't know it, so it was a shogeg. It was like, as if you did it by mistake. No, you did know it. So why aren't you punished? Because it's not as clear as lo tachsom. You can't hold somebody accountable to the same degree when something is absolutely clearly stated and they don't have to reason to the way you can hold them accountable when they have to reason. Not because they might not get the message. It's because a message received through reasoning is a much less forceful message than one that is received without the need for reasoning. So in the Torah it says, lo tignov. Everybody in the entire universe knows exactly what that means. When the Torah says, Alav shebi chlolos, lifnei ive lo titein mirshol. What does that mean? You shouldn't put a stumbling block before a blind person. It's another case the Rambam brings. And we learn all sorts of different things that you can't do because of that. And when, when I tell you these are things you can't do, you say, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. And I, I, I realize one shouldn't do that. But that's not the same as being told, the, the, the power, the power of, of clarity in communication. And so we need to understand, if we're giving some, sometimes we choose and we're deliberate. We, don't, we want to give people a message that they have to think about, that they have to reason, that they have to, uh, they have to work something out. But very often what we really want is for a person just to understand exactly what I'm saying, and then you've got to do it. It's particularly um, difficult and prevalent in writing. If you look at most of the writing that you see, you've got to figure out what they're trying to say. And in all the good writing courses and the, the good copywriters know how to write in such a way, you don't have to figure out what they say. It's simple, it's clear, and they've worked out certain rules about this, how long a, a sentence should be, how many words there should be in a sentence, how many letters there should be in a word, how many syllables there should be, what kind of words to use, the order of words. They've worked out methodology, and in the writing courses they teach you this, this methodology, and it's not that complicated. But the underlying principle is the person should not have to figure out, has to struggle to, to, read, to, to think what you're reading. One of the best examples of that kind of writing in English is the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal is written, I think, for eighth graders. The language is for eighth graders. It writes about very complicated ideas and very complicated things, but it's written in such a way that an eighth grader can understand. Not because they think eighth graders are reading the Wall Street Journal. It's because that way you don't have to reason. You don't have to figure out. What does it mean? What is he saying? What is the thing you can read through the Wall Street Journal? And no matter how complicated the concept, the communication is clear. And that's something we have to learn if we want to avoid misunderstandings with members of our family or with people who work with us or for us. Uh, it's terribly important to be able to learn how to communicate in a way that is as clear as lo tachsom shor That's my instruction. It's not a, a love should be and you can work it out and include it in this is that. 
just a direct, very clear communication makes it easiest for people to understand.